Welcome to the Words That Change Lives podcast, helping leaders, coaches, and small business owners to 10 times the impact of their message. Join us as we delve into the art of powerful language, enabling you to speak with unwavering honesty, communicate authentically, and create a lasting impression with every word. Who do we give voice to? A really interesting question and is the topic of today's podcast episode where I'm talking to the incredible Danusha Melina Durban, who amongst many things is a mother of 10 and still her own woman and has worked in organisational behaviour and development. She is a published leadership expert and she traded academia for boardrooms where she consults on peak performance and strategic leadership She's also a regular contributor on future C-level business changes and trends, cultivating women's leadership and age-old debates about career and family. She's also a keynote speaker and an expert communicator and has hosted two top-rated podcasts, School for Mothers and School for Fathers, as well as her book, Noise, a manifesto for modernising motherhood and Spunk, a manifesto for modernising fatherhood. And I really wanted to speak to Danusha today because she is not only an expert on this topic uh, in terms of who we give voice to and how we give voice to from her own experience and story. And there's some real golden nuggets in the discussion that you'll find really interesting, but also to help pose the question for yourself in this modern age where freedom of speech is given. However, we have the ability to cancel in a moment and trolls online are rife. What is important to consider in terms of who we give voice to in our own context, around our own boundaries, and how important that is for the bigger conversation? Now, Danusha has a substack that you can subscribe to, uh, which she shares more on this topic. But today we'll give you an insight into that discussion and hopefully give you some food for thought. So, Danusha, when have you had to overcome adversity to find your voice? Oh, Helen, there's there's been so many times that I've had to overcome, you know, versions of what I see as adversity. And it's so different, isn't it? Uh, not least when I had the triplets. I mean, was, <laughs> I bet, I bet. that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess the one of the one of the times that I overcame adversity was something that I haven't really talked about. And it was when a 17-page document letter from HMRC landed in my post. Mm-hmm. And it triggered a two-and-a-half-year investigation into my business and actually my personal money and affairs. And it came out of the blue. It came, uh, I, I really mean absolutely no warning of any kind. Uh, I've been trading for a long time. And it really triggered a descent into chaos for myself because mainly uh, when you're asked to disassemble and then reassemble for HMRC proof of seven to nine years of everything from cups of teas. Why did you have a cup of tea there? Why did you actually have three cups of tea and not, I mean, seriously, at that granular level, um, what I noticed about the the particularly the first six months was that nobody talks about this. I could not find anybody publicly 
that was saying, hey, I'm in an ongoing whatever <laughs> mm. with HMRC. Which I guess, yeah, it's understandable, right? Because there's so many things associated with that from a societal level and a cultural level and, a, you know, all those sorts of things that keep us quiet. Well, yes, it's a taboo area. So there are many taboo areas. We've unpacked menstrual cycles. We've unpacked, we're unpacking neurodiversity. We're unpacking things like the menopause. I mean, these are just a tiny amount of examples that I'm using. You know, there'll be people listening here to to you and I, Helen, that are going, well, she's she's going for certain topics. But actually, there are so many that we're unpacking, as I say, and talking about. But HMRC and tax, not so much. Mm-mm. Yeah. Who's giving voice to that? So mm. more to the point, adversity, I then was very isolated extremely isolated. I could not find anyone. And they were adamant that I owed them a an extortionate, gargantuan amount of money in unpaid tax. And they they were certain you don't get that kind of document if they're kind of prospecting for maybe you owe us 750 pounds. Mm-hmm. We're not talking that. We're talking many, many, many thousands. So I I was trading in business. I was very much doing, you know, looking after my children. I was living my life. And this stepped into it. Mm. This came into my life with nobody to talk to and nobody, you know, it was the taboo of even mentioning to anybody of, hey, you know, like nonchalantly, by the way, I'm being investigated for fraud. I hasten to add it was, you know, just to spoil it, I did not. (laughs) <laughs> in the sense of, wow, did you have yeah. to pay many, many, many thousands? Yeah. No, I did not. Did I pay some? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it was of nothing like the order, not even a crumb of the order of what they thought it was. But that doesn't matter because when a lot of people may not realize that HMRC have larger, more extensive powers than the police. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'm not going to get technical about that, but I looked at it because mm. it's really important when you're threatened with prison. Right. Um, yeah, blimey. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you, you know, you have to go into this if you are going to survive it, that kind of adversity. So proving innocence, evidencing innocence within great isolation is the context. Mm-hmm. So this drove me to, or the situation took me to a place of great despair. Great. Uh, I was able to continue. And I, I'm deeply thankful to one, one CEO who I was advisor to. And I was advisor to several, but I happen to know this one and know them very well, all of them. But there was this, he said to me, do you want to go to the Ned for a drink? And I, I often see my clients out of corporate context. Mm. And he said, Danusha, shall we have a shall we have a drink? And I said, okay, all right. Because they often open up. Little did I know this was not going to open him up. This was going to open me up. Very unusual. I don't share. You know, their sessions are about them. I hear you, yeah. But actually he said, I'd love to know more. Tell me. Anyway, after some time and only one glass of champagne, I I told him. And I didn't tell him more than nitty gritty. I just said, you know, here's what I'm dealing with. 
He said, oh, it was interesting. I, I went through an 11 year battle with them. The reason I'm really grateful for that is because at last I had somebody that could say, oh, yes, this is a hell. Yeah. This is a living nightmare. I understand. When no one will talk about you. Don't mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah. Because they may have gone through it. But maybe, Danusha, you know people that are going through this, but they haven't mentioned it. Mm -hmm. We we did, you know, it took two and a half years to come to fruition, to come to agreement and a negotiation about a settlement agreement and figure. So it's all done and dusted. But about six, seven months into this process, I didn't know that, that it would come mm. to a positive end. I was still in the aggressive. I wasn't in the aggressive moves. They were. I I will go as far as to say I had an investigator outside my door sat with a clipboard. Um, you know, it, it was highly invasive. Mm. I I sat and I had a kind of, I, I think they call them the come to Jesus conversations with myself, you know, kind of, okay, Danusha, um, you felt suicidal. You know, you, you've wondered whether it would be the right thing to do to, to actually continue. You've written to HMRC in a letter, you know, that's sealed should you take those actions because actually it would have been because it sounds dramatic, but mm. oh my gosh, this took me to the edge of mm -hmm. like I'd never had. Uh, and I sat and I thought, you know what? I either muzzle myself and I can, and I kind of try to kind of try to get through life as low level as I can possibly get. Mm -hmm. My dachshund who's very, very short legged. When he thinks he's in trouble, he, he goes like a pancake onto the floor and tries to kind of slither along the floor. <laughs> I'm saying that because I imagined that that's what I could try to slither along yeah. without anyone really noticing, which is dreadfully difficult because of the kind of the kind of business that I'm running. It's not actually front of house media, social media. It's actually very private, very confidential, but it's not. I, I, I don't really slither along. No. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Who wants to? Who wants to? <laughs> I mean, we might think, I mean, it's a good analogy because we might think that that's going to keep us safe. It's going to keep us uh, secure and risk-free and avoiding, you know, rejection and uh, outcomes beyond our control. But we're not happy there, slithering along. We wouldn't be happy. And I would just be waiting for the boot to come down on me and kind of, you know, extinguish me. <laughs> Finish you <laughs> like, off. <laughs> Whereas actually, so that was option one. Option two was don't slither, mm -hmm. don't go on your belly and mm -hmm. give in, wait till you're killed. Actually, find your voice. Mm -hmm. So I set up a podcast and I thought, well, bugger that. Excuse, you can always edit that, Helen, can't you? Yes, you know, that's fine. Bugger that. Actually, there are things that I want to do in this world. And sure enough, it might be a little bit embarrassing to have to say, hey, I'm going off for a few months somewhere. And please don't think I'm being flippant because there are people, you know, being unjustly um, served up sentences or other situations that incarcerate them. But that's what was being threatened. So I was like, well, I might have to say to clients and given I'm setting up a podcast using my voice, hey, not going to be around for a while. <laughs> and that's like, I'll just have to bear with it mm -hmm. and do that if it comes. Mm -hmm. But I can't be muzzled and I can't lose my voice because I've got this dreadful situation that 
I don't know what's going to happen. So 2018, which was, I think, seven or eight months after, it was January when the letter came and I set the podcast up in the October. So it did take me 10 months. Mm -hmm. I'd lost a huge amount of weight during that time because I stopped eating. I mean, (laughs) you know, that's kind of a, a, a problem if you do that. And, you know, I'd gone through a cycle of of despair whilst trying to keep normal mm-hmm. normal living life as usual for the kids and rose and i thought so what do i want to do and that's when school for mothers podcast came out to zero zero listeners i had zero experience and zero budget and i just thought well i have nothing to lose here because I'm in a dire situation anyway, although my business was doing well, by the way. <laughs> but that was a sideline, <laughs> almost yeah, like the right. real event of my life in that year was, you know, getting through in spite of the fraud investigation with HMRC. Mm-hmm. If there are any anybody listening, I would like to say, and I bet you, Helen, there are going to be people going, oh, my God, I went through that. Or I've actually had a letter like that. <laughs> I want you to know that the best thing that happened to me was that I did reach out to just a couple of people, not even friends, but people I thought, do you know a tax specialist? Do Mm. you know an expert that deals with fraud investigations? And I found and later hired, she won't mind me saying, a gobby (laughs) northern woman who'd previously worked for HMRC. and turned and she supports people under I was under a very serious uh a very serious one there's the ordinary fraud and then there's there's Mm. the big fraud I was under the big fraud and she doesn't get too many of those um and and you know you can say there's no smoke without fire there was Mm. (laughs) it was was Mm. very disappointing for HMRC but but Lindsay and I can if anyone wants to be in touch with me privately confidentially I've got nothing in this other than, oh my goodness, I've lived it. And -hmm. I would support anybody to to get the support they need. And Lindsay is phenomenal. And she supported me and came on my side. She still thought I had several properties hidden and, you know, a portfolio of stuff that I hadn't divulged and eventually realized, actually, they really have got this wrong with you. Really Mm -hmm. got it wrong, terribly wrong. So I... I set up School for Mothers and just really in some ways through that terrible adversity almost got bigger ovaries than mm. in a way because I was up against it anyway. So, hey, we might as well really just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've Balls gone or ovaries to the wall, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'd gone from potential slithering along, trying to be like invisible mm. <laughs> till they got me, to hey, actually within six months, I think we'd knocked Tim Ferriss off the business <gasps> trial. That's so, incredible. No, and I, I say that only because really, I mean, because obviously you don't stay there. <laughs> of course you don't. Yeah. But but we'd we'd made a dent and I, throughout the journey for the first two and a bit years of School for Mothers, that meant that um, the business was thriving, the kids were thriving, and then my voice, I was, I'd retained my voice. Yeah. 
I did not put a muzzle on because they thought things of me. And I think that's, I can't tell you how important it was in mm -hmm. my ability to stay going forward. I yeah? think that's a very important message for many, many people, particularly women, uh, but for many, many people um, who in adversity, in challenge, in struggle, want to do that slithering the belly on the ground to because it's too much, everything's too challenging. And uh, mm -hmm. any other way of putting my head above the parapet might cause mm -hmm. more pain. Um, yes. But in the face of that adversity, to not muzzle and to use voice is the thing that propels you forward, keeps you going, yeah. helps you achieve more, strengthens your courage, expands your comfort zones, and then, you know, the sky's the limit, which is really what happened in that in that journey. And so you you were an author of a book called Noise, right? Yes. And so when we're thinking about words that change lives and how we are using our voice and the noise that we're making, who do you feel it's important to give voice to? And I want to ask you this in the context of School for Mothers, because mm. I want to ask you a few little bits later on about some other things. But who do you feel is important to give voice to? I, from day one, knew it was a responsibility of mine as a podcast host, even though I was fresh on the scene. And I know it was five years ago, which was a very different scene, actually, than it is mm. now. Yes. But I knew that I have a deep commitment to inclusion. Mm -hmm. And when I when I looked at the market of podcasting then, I could see there were silos of, yeah, lots of nice white middle-class women chatting to each other <laughs> and, <laughs> and lots of men chatting to each other, having great conversations about, you know, biohacking and, and business and, and lots of women talking about breastfeeding and, you know, and I know my tone suggests, I'm doing it deliberately, you know, it's like lots of silos. Yes. And there were, thankfully, uh, black women, black podcasters, uh, and, 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 you know, obviously it's a whole list, but basically in their own spaces, talking to one another. So with School for Mothers, I wanted to, first of all, I assembled a small team, critical point. Mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't get my voice out all alone. There's no mm -hmm. way. I'd learned that. I was I was learning that again through the HMRC experience mm. that I could not do this alone. That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? I was not going to I was going to drown if I attempted to do this alone. So we Just can't walk. use our voice in an echo chamber. Yes. Mm -hmm. We can't do it in a chamber. So I hired a, a team. I didn't have very much money, but I so I went creatively out and I actually found an amazing young male feminist and he's subsequently moved on from the team, but is almost complete in his PhD in podcasting. Oh. So his love for podcasting was very real. And he's, he's a wonderful man that we, you know, he's in his early twenties. Absolutely fantastic. So I, I had a small team and we, made sure that we weren't giving token things. Can we have the odd lesbian? I don't mean that they're odd. I mean, 
the occasional uh lesbian have we had a have we had a brown person have we had no i was like we are going to make sure that we truly create a diverse voice we have diverse voices around mm -hmm. important issues mm -hmm. were we always successful absolutely not no it was something that i continually kept up with in terms of our guest management mm. and so obviously the more successful the show has become the more pitches we get on a daily basis yeah mm. so publicists individuals you know brands etc so literally on a daily basis that will happen multiple times but then there's the other thing of well who do i want who do i want to give voice to yes and so the heart of that for me was inclusion and and diversity and i think also i was acutely aware that i didn't want to speak to the necessarily the practicalities of um like breastfeeding versus bottle mm -hmm. that wasn't the end of i i am interested or was very interested in the identity of women as mothers that's what noise is about. How do we be me? You know, how do we be ourselves and be a mother? Or how do we be, how can we be a mother and be me? You know, it's like keeping on to our individual identity as a human being, as Helen, as Danusha. Oh, and you're also, you have children. Yeah. Rather than Helen the mummy. Yeah. Like encompassing everything so that the lens is now mum. I love being a mother. I've been a mother since I was 17. So it's not about that. It's probably because of that, that actually mm -hmm. I've had to excavate who am I? Yeah. Because exactly. I've had so much motherhood and right. continued. So I think it was just really this voice of diversity. And I continue to be really, really committed to that in anything mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. So there's one particular person who was on your podcast that uh, I want to talk about <laughs> specifically in a moment. <laughs> but before we get to that, which is kind of like, who do we ignore and who do we invite to give voice to? It's more like, what do we risk for our voice? Because you said, mm -hmm. and I agree, that having that voice is, is imperative to lead a life where we are feeling fulfilled and we are expanding ourselves and we are learning and growing and, um, and moving forward, right? But what do we risk for that? We risk our very spirit. We risk our the meaning of what we're here for if we don't give voice. So well, the biggest risk, voicing, yeah? Mm -hmm. So obviously on the flip side, we risk ridicule, we yeah. risk... <laughs> that's what that's what I mean I think that's what I uh, yeah uh, yeah absolutely so we risk being laughed at we risk humiliation let's be honest I risk quite a lot by naming that I was even mm -hmm. under investigation mm -hmm. there probably will be somebody you know I'm not in control of it mm -hmm. there'll be somebody that does say gosh that's awful so we risk losing face we risk a lot, but the bigger risk is actually that not doing it. It is. And that's really what this podcast is all about. It's, it's trying to understand that we all have those fears and with, in work, in daily interactions with a, with a colleague, with a stakeholder, with a peer, with a, with a senior, with a boss. 
that we risk by using our voice, we risk those things. In uh, If you're running your own business by showing up on social media, by sharing your opinions, by standing on a stage and um, sharing an opinion that might not be popular, we risk all of those things. Yeah. In a relationship, that oh. in a marriage, uh, in a family relationships, in friendships, yes. we risk all of those things. And yet in each and every one of those situations, it is about understanding that the risk is not nowhere near insignificance as to the outcome you can achieve by using your voice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. The benefits to the benefits to finding voice far outweigh the risks that we may perceive ourselves as experiencing. And, and quite honestly, sometimes we do experience those. We do. We will have somebody write us an email saying what an ass we are, or that they totally disagree with us, or they or in fact, as I had one person write me, and I have very, very few like this very few. But I had a woman write to me who said she was disappointed in me. Mm. She was disappointed in my level of feminism. <laughs> and I and I took some time to write back and and uh, and you know calmly said I'm it's it saddens me that you are disappointed in your perception of where I am yeah. as a feminist. Mm -hmm. I, I I get it. I get how disappointing it can be when we think someone hasn't reached where we thought they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can only say I will work on that. Great response. That's it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to defend it. It's like, no. I'm where I am at yeah. this point. Right. <laughs> like, right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. And so in ourselves, we are, we are in full control of our own voice and the decisions yep. that we make. But being a podcast host and opening up those conversations and giving voice to a diverse group of people, the question comes is, you know, who do we ignore and who do we yeah. invite? And there was one particular guest that I have mentioned, who was Katie Hopkins, yeah. who came on your podcast. And it was a juicy, juicy episode that I... I very much enjoyed listening to, but it, it was intriguing. It was awkward. It was difficult, but ultimately it opens up the question of who do we allow? You know, who do we allow? Who do we invite? And why is that important in the context of, of your conversation with Katie Hopkins? Yeah. I, I mean, when I, I'm a very organized person, which is good. <laughs> think about HMRC it's really good yeah <laughs> especially with organized. 10 children as well you know yeah so I'm an organized person so what that means is is that when I set out school for mothers I had a list I had a list of who would I like to talk to and I mean a, a big list you know wildly ambitious as well as warm list of who do I know who will mm -hmm. be really amazing so the mm -hmm. usual kind of thing nothing nothing groundbreaking there and I also had a who do I not want to speak to and that was a tiny list, really tiny, because actually I'm very interested in in most people, yeah? So who did I want to ignore? Katie Hopkins was number one. I was like, I do not want that woman on my podcast. I was like, and I was talking to you know my right-hand woman in the team 
the business and and Max, the wonderful assistant, I was like, listen, we're not doing that. And because of who I am, I immediately clocked myself. And I was like, hmm, that's real bullshit. <laughs> Danusha, that's bullshit. Think you ought to invite Katie, thinking other voice, she won't come on anyway, so you're all right. <laughs> of course she won't. She won't want to come on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there, there you go. That was my problem, wasn't it? Uh, she she answered incredibly quickly, uh, or her husband, Mark, did, and said, Katie would love to come on, Danusha. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn Please it. don't do this, because I set myself up. Yeah. And and really, you know, yes, the the episode that is called, as you know, the episode I was too afraid to publish, the reason that I said that, called it that, was because I didn't publish it. It is the only episode that I didn't publish in full, as in mm. how how our conversation went. Mm -hmm. I sat on it. Mm. I mean, Katie, Katie, it was a very, very challenging conversation. And uh, I was clear with her in a way that I don't have to be with any other person that I ever talked with. There were people that came on to sell their books and that was dreadfully tedious. And I'd have to kind of say, listen, can you stop? Please, we stop. it's really dull. <laughs> oh, come on. You know, it's like an advert. <laughs> and I'm really okay in being like that with people and just saying, you're great. I wouldn't yeah. have you on, but could you just yeah. cut it? Yeah. But she was a different, she was of a different kind of, you know, challenge. I literally, before she came on, gave her a rundown of, I don't want this, no, no fatism, no. I literally mm. ran down a list of that in itself made me, one, uncomfortable because mm. that's not really how I operate, but no. I did. And two, well, I, I felt I needed a container. And the main reason I felt I needed a container was because there were aspects of her conversation, her viewpoints that I felt would deeply offend and yeah. alien, you know, really, really yeah. give great ridicule to many of my listeners. Yes. I then, I knew who were, you know, who they were. I was like, no, I'm not having this. I can't. But also, I, as I say in the episode, because the episode isn't, it has, as you know, lots of chunks of her, mm. you really get to feel how she showed up mm -hmm. and who she is. Because I wanted mm -hmm. it. I wanted to get behind what we were going to call the episode was bitch. Are you really a, you're really as much of a bitch, actually? Really? Come on. You know, was this a bit of an act? And she's not normally asked these questions, but she did answer them. Mm. Um, she was very good humoured about that. But I actually had to go through a complete process of thinking, do I want to amplify Katie Hopkins' voice? Exactly. Do I want to do that? Yeah. Do I want to, as everyone else that came on the podcast, I shine a light on them. It's not about me. I'm not kind of going, hey, it's more, hey, look over here at my amazing guest. Look what they're doing in the world. Listen to this perspective. It's so fascinating. With her, I was kind of going, hey. Uh. <laughs> and I had to work that out for myself where I stood. And that's what it is. So the episode is more about the common commentary on who do we put out there and how do we do this and where it left me. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to Katie which is different from do I agree with her? Yes, of course. I'm grateful. 
I'm grateful because she opened up perspectives in terms of who do we censor? Mm, exactly. Yeah. Who do we censor? Who do we who do we muzzle? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who do we who do we give voice to? Who do we who has freedom of rights? Who has free voice? Yeah. Yeah, because the argument is is that everybody, right? Everybody has the right to the essence of it is that we like to espouse that everyone should have the right to speak. Mm. But when it comes down to it, and particularly as a podcast host, it's like, what are our responsibilities? Yeah. What are we promulgating? What are we putting out into the world? Mm. Or in fact, is our role to facilitate so that those less popular viewpoints do get put out. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. What's the matter with that? Well, <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, when you're talking there, I'm thinking at first of, of Elon Musk and when he um, he decided when he took over Twitter, which is now X, to bring back some people that were previously banned. One, back on it. one being Andrew Tate. And yep. so therefore giving voice to Andrew Tate on a huge platform. And then, you know, it's about thinking, okay, well, there's that, but then there's also being more in control of that and facilitating that. So, uh, of course, giving voice to different opinions and uh, things like that, but being able to facilitate that in a, in a way where you can explore the difficult subjects, you can talk about those things, mm -hmm. but it's not in a way where anyone, any particular person is being bashed down rather that we're having adult adult conversations we're not slipping into other ego states and we're actually having conversations where we can hear discussion yeah. about subjects that are uncomfortable yes without without needing to have necessarily anybody be right there we go there we why go. do we have to have right and wrong mm-hmm Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, and, and I think, yeah, no. in your conversation with Katie Hopkins, there was definitely that going on from her from her perspective. That's what I heard. I heard that from her in terms of how where she was in her map of the world and how she mm. felt. And that was really the only view that was necessarily important, which for to her, which is it was part of that conversation, which is why I found that so interesting. And I know that that conversation that you sat on that you didn't publish that. But that then planted a seed for you. It was almost yeah. a closing of one door and an opening of another. Well, I, I mean, I I recorded Katie a couple of years before. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I it sat on that podcast shelf for a significant time. But I knew about a year ago that my time in interviewing and the way that I was was coming to its close. Mm. I knew that I was ready for a different project, not away from podcasting. I knew that I wanted to evolve School for Mothers into a fresh format. There was something on the brink. And so I went through a gestational pregnancy of that and a, and a, a development in my heart about that and was quite frustrated about, well, why can't I grasp what it is? You know, because, because I knew there was something, but it wasn't quite right. And as I was thinking about moving to another, you know, moving on, moving away from interviewing in that way, 
I had to, I had to acknowledge in myself. I was like, yeah, there's that one episode I didn't put out. <laughs> like, mm. and then there's Katie Hopkins. And I was like, <laughs> da, oh. da, da. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh God, what the problem of Katie Hopkins? Because she's not the problem. No. She was never the problem for me. The episode was. Mm. I was like, oh. It would always be like this thing on the shelf, the metaphorical shelf that I never faced. And that's just not really who I am. Mm. I like to try, but I'm not. So I was like, okay, so we're going to look at that. And I'd already decided what was next. I was, I, I was like, you know, I want something pretty edgy. I'm ready for something. Mm. And in looking at Katie's episode with me, Katie's conversation with me, it helped crystallize some of those points. So cancel culture is clearly, it's got a grip on so many of us, you know, <laughs> the worry of being out there publicly with our opinions and what that could do for us and to our businesses, our careers. And there's been quite a few canceled people completely, you know, who have yeah. stepped away from life, yeah. not life in full, but, you know, their business life. And certainly in, you know, if we look at online entrepreneurs, which I'm not, but, you know, I obviously know quite a lot of them and I consult with them. Founders, women founders, there's been several that have felt the need to walk away mm. because they've either been found out, <laughs> you know, allegedly, or they've said something that is just seen as obnoxious mm. or not progressive enough or, you know, put another word in there. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I I know there's, there's lots of conversation about uh, raising children and family life, etc. And I'm actually not very interested. <laughs> it's awful. I'm not very interested in parenting per se. Mm. I'm like, I have enough of it on myself on a daily yeah on the daily i'm like oh god but what i am interested in is thought leadership mm -hmm. and i'm interested in opinion i'm interested in diversity so if we marry family lifestyle identity which both of my books in the last couple of years have been about parent identity i mean for your listeners you know, the risk of writing a book called Spunk <laughs> on fatherhood, I may say. It's a serious analysis of fatherhood. It is. Yeah. With, I've with, read it. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to do it, you might as well have a bit of voice. But but the, the fact is they all, all those pieces that I've just said, they marry together in a way that create what I'm creating is a debate show at the lands very soon uh, in January 2024. So Katie Hopkins, if if I had not dealt with her, if I had not taken that off the shelf and looked at what are the problematics, what were those problems, what were the issues that had me shelve her, I would not be able to, in all integrity, come forward and say, hey, I'm launching a debate show. We're going to have different opinions. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. No. So actually, I had to I had to reckon with myself about, well, it's time we look at this. And it's time we vulnerably bring, bring this to my listeners and show myself. There is a section, my favorite section in that particular episode is 
where Katie attempts for, I don't know how many times, but she does it over and over again in this conversation where she attempts to hook me into an argument. Mm. But she's very keen to get an argument going because then she can, you know, it's it's Katie at her best, actually. Mm. She's a very skilled person, Mm. very, and very intelligent and very skilled. And so she's looking furiously for anywhere for me to kind of rile me up. And my voice is exactly like this until I go. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's my favorite moment because I realize, and I, as you know, Helen, I, I do a commentary on my own voice, like listen to my voice, please. Because I can hear she almost got me, Mm -hmm. almost got me there. She almost riled you, got the hook in. Yeah. Yeah. And I nearly went for it. Yeah. I nearly told her what I think about children having Mobile phones, and yeah. I, really, I have a view. Yeah. I have a view about it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't getting. I knew it was just a vehicle for her. Mm-hmm. So, I think debate is essential. Diverse opinions are essential. I learned a great deal, and I'm thankful to her. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat again: I don't agree with pretty well everything she says. You'll have listeners that do, though, and yeah. she has a great following, and that's that's the thing. It's fine. <laughs> we can all have voice. It's it's what we do with it. What is our agenda? What's our intention with that voice? So Katie could, I have a view that Katie could, with the skills and the intelligence that she has, she could channel her considerable voice into good in the world, mm. into enormous good. Mm-hmm. She chooses to do different, in my also my opinion, and she's perfectly able to do that. That is, if that's what she wants, let her be. Yeah. Let her be. Yeah. Um, will I have her on parents? You think? I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> I feel like I've kind of yeah. done, Katie. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I didn't do her. That sounds no, terrible. It does. But, you know, I mean, no one gets done. It's like, it's like, but I've experienced. Yeah. You've given voice to that. You have given voice. I've given voice to Katie in some ways. And now it's time for a different way of bringing those voices into uh, the world. And I like what you say, which is debate done different. Yes, it is going to be debate done different. I refuse to have a slanging match and a bun fight, mm-hmm. you know, and I also refuse to air anything that is where the loudest voice is the one that Wins. that uh, gets yeah. through and is is heard, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, or sensational. I so I've come up with a format that al- allows everyone to have their voice equitably. It's I'm told it's unusual. We'll see if I can pull it off. <laughs> you know, again, this is another situation where like, I don't know. Who I knows? Know. Is my voice, exactly. am I going to be able to do this? Hopefully. I, mm. I have great hopes, but I'm going to try. And, uh, you know, we're going out with some fantastic, juicy, awful debates. Are you able <laughs> to are, share a, yeah, of an course. idea? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the first one is... Uh, is it okay to have a favorite child? So that's <gasps> a oh, that's a that that's tame. I think that one's tame, <laughs> but it's 
but it's also really awful. Mm. You know, I mean, it's a it's it's a polarizing one. It is, and there's there's all sorts of things to unpack with that one. Yeah, so there's mm. there's a lot in there. Um, things like, can you ever love your stepchildren like your own? Yeah, that's so important. That's such another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should schools teach gender identity and sexual orientation? Um, should autistic children be in mainstream schools? Mm-hmm. Is sleep training cruel? Right. These see, these are all such important topics that you know. Certainly for myself as a parent, they're all really all relevant in one way or another. And yeah, are we creating molly coddle kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, are we creating kids that we're protecting till they're? I think now yeah. we're being told that the a child's brain doesn't stop till they're twenty-seven. So until they're twenty-seven, should we kind of like go, oh, sweetie, it's okay? Yeah. No. I know. <laughs> I, know I know tech startups, particularly tech startups, with you know founders of twenty-two. So are we to believe that their brains have kind right. of, you know, there's some really interesting, very interesting, fascinating opinions about these things, you know, mm-hmm. peaceful parenting, gentle parenting, uh, you know, is it okay to smack? Yes, we're going to have that one. Oh, hideous. <laughs> Say awful, I mean hideous and juicy. Yeah. yeah. And I have opinions. So on the first one with the favorite one, all, all of them, I will have to come up with what I believe, which is really mm. exposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first one, three of my 10 children, I was listening to them last night. Three of my 10 children have recorded why they're the favorite child. They, <laughs> I they love that. Away from me. I love I, that I you got said, them involved. Yeah. Does anyone want to record on if you're a favorite child or not? And three of them went, oh, well, it's obvious I am. Separately, by the way, they, they talked to me separately and said, I'm recording because we both know what I am. <laughs> well, there we go, right? That's enlightening in itself, isn't it? If we have the perceptions as a parent, you know, we can get all up in our heads as parents about how we parent and what's right about our parenting and the guilt associated with parenting. And that's that always adds as a kind mm-hmm. of bit of a, a muddy filter to actually what what the perception of our children are actually seeing and yeah, what, what they I, what their views are. What do they actually think and what what do they want for God's sake? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to one of the children that ha- yesterday that hasn't hasn't recorded and she said cuz cuz she knows we're recording at the moment for that particular one and she said I really don't even care. She said one I'm not the favorite but she said I don't really know why I think that. She said to be honest I don't need to be the favorite she said we have a bond she said i just don't name it favorite <laughs> it's just really fascinating i love it's that just, yeah it's lovely and we're very close and and she said i have a feeling she said she looked very um kind of mischievous she just looked at me and she said i have a feeling you don't have a favorite actually she said i think you tell all of us <laughs> favorites so it's just funny i said well you'll have to listen into the episode yes (laughs) you know to hear your mother and your siblings talk about whether they're favorites so in true denisha's style really from the beginning of this conversation the thread really has been giving voice to giving voice to people giving Mm. voice to opinion that maybe you know 
has not been voiced. Yeah. And that the it, the real importance is of giving voice to those things so that we can have these types of discussions, so that we can learn, we can grow, we can expand our comfort zones. And especially when it comes to divisive topics around mm. parenting, which can be very, very divisive yes. and very polarizing. And actually, when we think about debate done different, it is that intelligent conversation yeah but no one's out to put one up one down or they might try but we can facilitate that we can facilitate around that um in hearing level views and an equal equal amount of voice to opposing views right yeah there's room there's room there's room well i for one cannot wait that's the sort of thing when you're cooking dinner or you're driving it's like oh you know, it's going to be really exciting to listen to. Um, and from that journey, and, you know, thank you for sharing that journey. And I know there's many other parts of that journey, but for the purpose of this episode of having a kind of conversation about who we give voice to, I think um, that really was well, always inspiring talking to you, Danusha. But I can't wait for what comes next with that. And with all my guests, I ask one last question. Mm which is what words have changed your life hmm. it's two words <laughs> so pretty well pretty well all through my life particularly from beginning as a 17 year old i just won a scholarship to the italia conti and found i was pregnant and, and oh my gosh I didn't yeah, know that. all sorts of things all sorts of things these two words have not been spoken to me it's a guiding these two words guide me they're words to myself it's watch me watch me yeah because i've been told i can't tell you how many times countless times that's not going to be possible mm-hmm. when i had the triplets 10 years ago oh your career's over no more boardrooms for you Watch, watch me. me. Watch me. <laughs> and I love how you say you say that to yourself. You're not saying that to the, the naysayer. You're not saying that. to do with them. Yeah. You're not saying that to the person who is voicing that opinion. No, it's not. It, it's not an argument to anybody else. No. It's not watch me. No, yeah. no. Yeah, you, yeah. you keep your opinion. That's yeah. wonderful. You have your opinion. Watch me. I love that. And I think there's also a case for, for saying to people many times, we say those things to ourselves. That's not possible. You can't yeah. do that. Your, you know, your, your life won't allow you. I'm, I'm right in that place at the moment. Uh, yeah, scrub, scrub that. Scrub yeah. that. Yeah. Scrub and, and replace it with. Why? What, 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 why not? Watch yeah. me. Watch me. <laughs> because yeah. that's Watch almost me. like yeah. it's a challenge to yourself. You're, yeah. You know, you're saying that to yourself to defy those limiting beliefs. Yeah. That it of course is they're possible. inside yourself, mm. aren't they? They, of course, because, because when somebody tells us something in any feedback, if it sticks, it's because we believe it. Of course. It's a grain that's it's got something to stick to. So the, the trick, the, the, the skill is to, to actually not have it, like just let it wash. Yeah. Teflon. You. Teflon it. Teflon. But actually retain the solidity of if you were a stick of rock, cut it, it would say, watch me, watch mm-hmm. 
I love that. I love that. That is so empowering in itself for anybody who has any doubts about what's possible for them. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on Danusha. It's been a fantastic conversation. But anybody listening, what do you think of what we're talking about? Who Mm -hmm. do we give voice to? Let me know. You can email hello at helenpackham.com or you can use the hashtag words that change lives on social media. I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. Give your opinion. What do you think? We want to hear and we want to know. And I will look forward to coming on to the next episode of Words That Change Lives. Thank you so much, Danusha, for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Words That Change Lives. Please rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really means the world and helps me to reach more people so that we can all harness the power of our words and change lives for the better.